The portion of God's word that we'll focus our attention on comes from Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are impressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When God chose Moses, he chose the perfect leader for the task he would be assigned. The first 40 years of Moses' life, he had grown up as a prince in Pharaoh's palace. Then Moses murdered an Egyptian and found himself on the run. Next thing he knew, 40 more years had passed, only now he found himself a desert-dwelling sheep herder. He was married He had kids. He worked for his father-in-law, one of the priests of Midian. So think about this. Moses was educated and grew up in the royal Egyptian court. Then he lived in the desert. He knew what was out there. 
He knew where to find water and food. He was comfortable outdoors. So the Lord is looking for a guy who is both comfortable in a palace and comfortable under the stars. Moses is the obvious choice, right? We then get to the part where the Lord actually calls Moses to lead his people. And you might expect Moses to say, of course I'll be in charge, Lord. I'm the perfect candidate. But Moses brought up one excuse after another. The Lord reminded him that he was not called to lead because he was so well-suited or so capable, but because God would guide him. God would lead him. God would give him everything needed to do what was asked of him. Reliance on the Lord and what he would provide to carry out the task was most important. Moses just couldn't get out of his own way. Now, compare Moses with Jesus. Moses was an Israelite, God protected in Egypt. Same thing with Jesus. He was also an Israelite, and when the local government was after him, Joseph and Mary took Jesus and fled to Egypt where they were kept safe. Eventually, God led Moses to see the misery of his people, to hear them crying out because of their slave drivers. God led Moses to feel the same concern about their suffering that God himself felt. Sometimes Moses doubted God's promise to liberate and ability to provide. Other times, Moses sinfully took matters into his own hands. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, was different. Jesus saw the plight of his people enslaved to sin, death, and the devil. Unlike Moses, Jesus never wavered. And that would be really good news for Moses and all God's people. Jesus bowed his own will to the will of his Father and carried out the redemption of God's people, even as it meant him suffering hell on the cross. Risen from the dead, Ascended to the right hand of the Father, where Jesus now fills all things, one thing has not changed. The way God calls into holy ministry. There's a bit of a formula you can expect in the call narratives that we find in the Bible. We see this with Moses, Gideon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Jonah, Jesus' disciples, just to name a few. Just like with this account of Moses' call, first, there's some sort of encounter with God. Second, there's some introductory word from God. Third, God commands the person being called to say or do something. Fourth, the sinful human being objects in some way to what's being asked of him. Fifth, God reassures the one called that he will be provided with what's needed to carry out the calling. Sixth, sometimes, not always, there's a sign to verify the call from God. Today, God calls sinners, forgiven by Jesus, into the holy ministry in the exact same way. Every called minister, even an elder of the church, reading the pastor's sermon when he's sick, first has an encounter with God. For us, that happens through the means of grace, the gospel in word and sacrament, as we're baptized and taught to know what God's word says about our sin and his grace for sinners and about our, ability, our inability to serve him on our own. When we've encountered God in those ways, 
then we begin to receive Lord's Supper. There we encounter God in his actual body and blood. Then, through a group of God's people, there's information from God about what's being asked of us. When a call is accepted, God commands the person being called to say or do something specific. The sinful human being often objects in some manner to what's being asked of him, even if it's just little doubts in the heart. God assures that sinner forgiven by Jesus that he will be provided for by God himself with everything needed to carry out the work entrusted to him. How encouraging is that? One more thing. When Moses objects to his call the second time and says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God's answer is not exactly what we've been taught for so many years in so many English translations. God literally says, I will be who I will be. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I will be has sent me to you. It's a long story, but English translators have been trying to figure out what to do with these words as long as that statement has been translated into English. In this case, it's best to just leave it as it is. God is being a bit snarky with Moses. It's kind of like God saying to Moses, Moses, when we're done, you, along with all the people of Israel, are going to know things about me you just can't even begin to wrap your mind around right now. I will be what I will be. For now, you just tell them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Think of how much more we now know about our God who saved us. And as ministers serve God in the holy ministry, and when Christians who are not called into ministry carry out their respective vocations, which is just another word for callings, the Lord will continue to be who he will be. He will continue to work in ways we can't even imagine. Just watch. Amen.